Hello and good morning. Welcome to Radical Church Online. We're a new church that's meeting at Negley Elementary in Kyle, Texas. If we haven't met yet, my name's Tim. I'm the worship pastor here. Hi, I'm Caroline Eldridge. I'm your children's pastor. This Sunday, Tim and I are taking over and giving Trevor much-needed rest. Um, We are going to hand out a $50 gift card. To get that or win it, you need to post a photo on Facebook and Instagram of you and your significant other either being cute or being silly and tag Radical Church, and we will pick out the winner this afternoon. What if they want to post a photo with their cat instead? Do it. I'm a cat lady and I would love it. If you're a dog person, (laughs) post a picture of your dog. Me and Tim will love looking at pictures of animals. You may not win the gift card, but it'll make our day. It is a date card and I don't think a restaurant would let you bring your dog. Yeah. Oh, well, they're wrong. (laughs) So we also have Richard, who is our service host. You're going to see him in the comments there. Uh, So any questions that you might have, go ahead and leave it in there. He'll respond to you. Um, Also, let us know in the comments where you're watching from. So we're going to be having a time of worship and then have some great conversations about relationships. Get ready to worship. It's coming shortly. We're so glad you're joining us today. Let's sing this out together. Were creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry, then from north to south, hands east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. from sea and sky from rivers to the mountaintops we'd hear Christ be magnified oh sing Christ be magnified sing it oh Christ be magnified just let his praise arise Christ be magnified From the altar of my life, Christ be magnified in me. When every creature finds its inmost melody, and every human heart its native cry, then it Him of praise, we sing Christ be magnified, be magnified. Oh, sing it, oh, Christ be magnified. Just let His praise arise, Christ be magnified in me. Sing it, oh, Christ be magnified. 
to idols, I'll stand strong and worship you. If it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. And I won't be formed by feelings, I hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just a doorway into resurrection life If I join you in the suffering, then I'll join you when you rise And when you return in glory, all the angels and the saints My heart will still be singing, my soul will stay the same Singing, oh, Christ be magnified let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me Singing, oh, Christ be magnified From the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me Singing, oh, Christ be magnified Let his praise arise Christ be magnified in me Singing, oh, Christ be magnified From the altar of my life Christ be magnified in me yeah. Well, church, thank you for worshiping with us. Can't wait to see what's in store for the rest of today. Hold tight and we'll be right back. church. I hope you enjoyed worship. We loved worshiping along with you. I have a couple things I want to go over before we get started. Don't forget about the $50 gift card that you can win. Post a picture of you and your significant other and tag Radical Church and we will be making that draw this afternoon after service. Don't forget to sign up for a Radical group. They're amazing. That's the best way to get connected, especially now during COVID when we're all wearing masks. We get to see each other in a more intimate situation. So go online um, Richard will be posting a link in, in the comments, click on it, sign up for a rad group. Also giving we, if you are a regular attender at radical church, we hope you give that will also be posted in the comments and we're going to get started with our amazing relationship interview. Yes, we're saying relationships, but we all have relationships, regardless if that's a significant other, a sibling, a parent, your friend, we all have Thing, like relationships in our life. So this morning, even though it's Valentine's day and we are couples that are talking, this is for everybody. So I don't want you to look at and go, Oh, it's going to be a relationship talk. Let's check out. We want to engage you. We have something we want to bring for you. So let's jump in. Thank you for joining us. I'm Caroline and this is my husband, Steven, and he's going to kind of talk a little bit about how we met and how long we've been together. Hi, so my name is Steven. Um, you probably haven't seen me. I'm usually back in the kids' area just helping her out. Um, so me and Caroline, we have known each other 12 years. So we met when we were about 15 years old, actually, at youth group. Um, we were just friends, and we started dating 
2016, and now we've been married three years. We kind of, we did long distance relationships. She was in Connecticut, I was in Texas. And then I, after graduating college, we got married, moved up to Connecticut. And we've spent the past, we're out there two and a half, three years. And we moved down here in this summer in June um, to help launch and plant Radical Church. Yeah. This is our other amazing couple, Michelle and Jeff. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. You want me to do? Sure. Okay. So we are, like you said, Jeff and Michelle Garner, and we are the directors of the RAD groups here at Radical Church. Um, we have been married 26 years, um, so we like to tell people that we met at two, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the age of two. Uh, we do not have children, uh, but we've occasionally had fur babies. Uh, we are suckers for um, older rescue dogs. Um, so we grew up mainly in the Texas area, little stint in California. Um, Jeff is in the medical field, and I recently graduated ministry school. Awesome. Good job, you want to tell them how we met? We actually met at a, in church as well, kind of like y'all. We, but we met at a, in a singles department, and we did a progressive dinner. So we like to always say that we met at appetizers and fell in love at dessert, I guess you could say. So that's kind of how we how we did it. Yeah. Well, that's really cute. Yeah. We didn't have anything that cute. My husband also forgot to mention we have the we cutest have child <laughs> ever, and I am biased. I know other people have kids that are very cute, but mine is the cutest. Um, and we have one on the way. So we're about to be parents of two, <laughs> which seems crazy. But here we go. We're getting started. We want to start with something fun. So the first kind of fun question is, what do you think takes longer, Michelle and Target or you in the restroom? Well, I'm definitely going to have to go with Michelle and Target on this. Um, (laughs) Not because she spends a lot of time in Target, but I'm not a restroom person. I'm like, going, come out as fast as I can. So I don't really spend any time in the restroom and... Yeah, but I also, so I'll say, um, and I'm not, like, I'm not a big time shopper, and we actually like doing Target together, so um, that's us, I guess, so eat a healthy diet, you won't be in the restroom long, and you both can go to Target. (laughs) Well, clearly, Steven does not eat a healthy diet. (laughs) Okay, so it's not just about the diet, so it's usually because we have, you know, we have a 14 months, Uh 14, 14 months, so I'll bring my phone into the restroom, so it's not just about bowel movements like <laughs> but so that's like i can escape i can escape for just five 15 minutes or so and she's not a wasn't a big shopper either um you know she was a get in get out type of person in target but it's now that but that's when we were living in like small apartments and whatnot now that we kind of have a home it's her target runs have gotten progressively longer as she has more that she can look at and decorate and everything so i also like to buy toys no so I take Ryder with me, and then we spend, like, a good 15 minutes looking at trucks. <laughs> it's not that interesting. Well, we're going to start off with the first couple of questions. Our first question um, is, um, how, do we, how do you support your spouse when they're dealing with mental health issues? And I want to expand that to, how do you support each other when you're going through deeply difficult times. I'm going to have you guys go ahead and start and we'll kind of finish it up. Okay. You want to take that? Um, yeah, I'll actually dive into the mental health uh, question just because 
Um, I actually called and phoned a friend today. I don't remember what show that was where you phoned a friend. She needs help. Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? So um, actually my dad was manic depressive schizophrenic. And so my mom um, dealt with that. And I dealt with it as a kid and watched her. But I think the thing that she said whenever you're dealing with just even life issues is really treat them um, like you would treat anyone else as far as just how do you deal with them just as you would deal with any adult like have them do adult things and and then secondly is um, don't change um, what you can change especially with the rest of your family if you have kids or something like that um, you you can't always when you're dealing with someone with mental health reality is not always the same for them it is for you and so a lot of times you do have to give in and let the reality take place. But um, as a kid, what I saw and how my mom dealt with it, she didn't really go into this. Um, we've talked about in the past is she really had that moment of, Lord, what do I do? I don't know that I can handle this, especially on my own. And then she can't, she had to make a decision. Am I going to run from this or am I going to um, actually do this. And she was really became the Proverbs woman, if you ask me, and laying down her life. So it really takes um, almost laying down everything that you are, all your desires, all your hopes, all your dreams, not totally, but a lot of you in order to take care of them or even take care of a family whenever you have somebody that's dealing with mental issues. Which honestly, I mean, that's what relationships really are about laying down your life for one another. So, Yeah, we have not a similar story, but about two months before we got married, I got diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. Um, it was, it completely wrecked my life. And Stephen said yes to the mess <laughs> on our wedding day, which made the wedding day very interesting, but also our vows way more deep in the sense of that he said, I am going to be in this marriage, even though, yes, I know that this first year is going to be harder than a typical first year married couple. We're not going to just be figuring out how to live together. I'm going to be going to therapy with you. I'm going to have to carry this relationship basically for the first year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I think he said yes to that a little bit, but did not fully say yes to it until we were in it. Um, and I'll let him talk about that kind of support because I definitely got to see it firsthand. He definitely signed up to do therapy with me. He let me go alone. He came with me when I needed to, him to come with me. And yeah, he had to say no to a lot of things that I think he wished he could have said yes to um, because I just couldn't say yes to them at the time. And I'll let you talk about that. So yeah, um, Oh, dang, I'm already starting. <laughs> Do you want uh, me to continue talking? No, let's go. I'll, I'll pull it together. Um, so, yeah, and I think we hear that that verse, like, you know, lay down your life for your wife, you know, and, and like, and during, like, the two months before we got married, and even as we we're, like, I'm saying the vows, it's, you know, I had that going through my head, and I think all of us, like, when we're going into marriage, like, we know that's what we're supposed to do as husbands. Like, I'm going to lay my life down. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, walking it out. <sighs> but, like, walking out can be so different than just, like, having that scripture in your head. And, like, being able to fall back on that is great, like, having that foundation. But, like, walking out, like, going to therapy. <sighs> you know, and going through the counseling and... <sighs> 
And like knowing there's nothing you can do. <sighs> to like fix something, you know. And as husbands, we want to fix things. We want to be that provider, that caretaker. But like, especially when it comes to like mental health issues or there's just like certain obstacles and problems that you can't fix. And so just learning straight off from our marriage, that first year of marriage of like trying to figure out, okay, what does it actually mean as a husband, as a couple for each of us to just lay down our lives for each other? It was like, it was like being thrown in like immediately into the fire. Like, you know, we really had a crucible that first year of marriage of like, okay, this is either going to define us or it's going to break us and what we become. And like, we really just. I mean, that was probably like the hardest time because I had just moved up from Texas and moved into moved up to Connecticut. So um, I had always kind of been in even just side note, like a warmer climate type of guy. And then I moved up in December um, after we got married. So now I'm like hitting it was minus 17 degrees. Like when I first got there, it was awful. And I'm getting hit with like seasonal depression there. We're trying to go through all this stuff in our first year of marriage of just trying to figure out what how we're able to operate together in one space and it was a small space where we lived and just trying to work through just going through we had done our premarital counseling like we had checked every single box of what you're supposed to do leading up to marriage and like in our relationship and and then still that first year just like hit us like a ton of bricks and just you know I had never been someone that had been had tackled mental illness or just mental health in general and I was always of the type of okay you're just gonna bare your teeth and just kind of like power through it and you know and um I'd always really just kind of suppressed any sort of like emotion or whatnot like emotion makes you weak you're not supposed to talk about it. as a man you're not supposed to you know like feel emotion and then now here I am <laughs> um but like and just that first year was just so hard but it was so just like as much as like we grew as a couple like we both just like grew so individually of just like, how do we want to live as a couple? How do we bring God into this as we're just like both trying to grow and trying to figure out like, you know, I can't just like power through this. I can't just like, okay, put my head down because in my mind, like, okay, you have these emotions, you have this anxiety, but just get over it, you know? And like when we first started our marriage, like that was my mentality. I'm like, just stop being anxious. Like, why are you worrying about this? Just, just get that out of your mind and just move forward. And I'd like just kept suppressing it myself even. And so just like even just being in just like rooms and therapy and talking with people that we really trusted that really kind of helped us out of just like really helped me grow in myself and grow in our marriage and whatnot. And, and I think just like I think people going into any sort of relationship and just especially just knowing like you can fall, always fall back on the scriptures and whatnot. But like when you're going through it, you know, instead not just falling back on the scriptures itself, but just like falling into God like during those moments mm -hmm. <sighs> 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 I will also say you were phenomenal support and you were incredible and it was hard and it was difficult but he really did show up every time and even when he was like just get over it he was like I'm wrong I'm so sorry and I think that's a beautiful thing we were texting a friend and he was like he asked us when he, we were talking about mental health, like, how do you be in the present, but hope for the future? And, you know, me and Steven had experienced that exact thing, like planning for the future, knowing our present is daunting and hard, but being able to plan like vacations and buying dreaming a home, together. dreaming together, dreaming about kids, dreaming about all those things that 
realistically with my mental health, we couldn't do right then, but could, it could happen. And that interjected faith and hope. I mean, into our lives. Is that your experience? Well, I think of Psalms 1-3 that says there's fruit in every season. So sometimes we only want to experience the good seasons. Uh, I I think for everyone can speak for 2020 was a really hard season. Um, But we always like to say that there is fruit in every season. And sometimes it's the hardest seasons that we have to walk through that we actually gain something that's going to carry us into the next season. Um, Like for y'all, for instance, like even though it was no fun going through the hardship, it equipped you and made you stronger. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it did. (laughs) But I mean, and it also just increases the bond between people, whether it's in a a marriage or it's just a, um, I don't know, let's just take a single person that is so badly wanting to find their mate. Um, you could be so focused on what you want so badly that you miss out on what God has for you in that season, in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably say the same thing in Jeremiah 29, 11 is a great verse that everybody, most, a lot of people know is, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bring you hope and in a future. So, um, you know, no matter where you're at in the season, you know, live for today, but dream for tomorrow. And, and God also says he gives us dreams. And, um, so have those dreams and those plans that he's given you inside your heart and just shoot for those and hope for those and pray daily for those. And I think that if you spend that time, yeah, working on today, but praying about tomorrow is kind of, you know, something that I like doing in, in my life. So, yeah, Yeah, it did make us stronger. And, uh, thanks Jeff and Michelle. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to lighten it with a funny antidote again. Are you guys ready? (laughs) Okay. What is the first birthday gift you gave? Michelle, Jeff. No, you have to okay. answer for Michelle. Well, this is hilarious. No, this is, this, is hilar- this is hilarious. So it wasn't a birthday present. It actually was our first Christmas together. And for my family, the tradition was you always save the best present for last. And so I'm getting all excited. Um, <laughs> here I am ready to open my last present. And no joke, I mean, it was so sweet because I know it was came from his heart. But he got me a padded floral pink toilet seat. <laughs> so I, it, we had a hard wood type you know, seat, and he just thought that was like, I would love it. And I, I was like, is, is this for real? Like Every woman's dream. Right? A padded toilet seat. Oh, my gosh. So lesson, lesson learned. So uh, you do have to add in there though. We bought an ha- old house we and did. it had a nasty seat on it. that was yeah. really hard. So yes. the heart was in the right place. It was. You know, at least he didn't buy you a scale. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Do you want to tell them what I bought you? Um, oh, so I guess um, we won't go to the first birthday present just because my memory doesn't go back that far. But. <laughs> A great birthday present. She's a really good gift giver. That's kind of one of her love languages. So she actually, um, I was into golf when we were first married and had bought me a training golf club um, that helped you with your swing. So that's great Christmas. So if great birthday needs present. a uh, training golf club, um, we still have that. So. <laughs> Steven's first gift to me is incredible. You uh, tell, you tell them my you first gift to him was emoji pillows, and those emojis were poop. <laughs> Give me two pillows. So I'm right up there with Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really, you know, went for that. Yeah. Poop emoji. <laughs> okay, so I set myself up for failure with this one. So we, so the very first birthday was actually like seven months in to us dating, and which I thought this is perfect. I'm ready for this. So I had planned. She was still up in Connecticut. I was, you know, in Texas. I was going in college, and I had called and messaged people up there. I was going to plan this big thing. I messaged her best friend who was in Michigan at the time to fly her best friend in from Michigan to Connecticut. And I booked a whole spa day. So for her and her friend, for her friend was going to surprise her. I'd already talked to the church she was working at to give her the day off. And so like her friend flew up, surprised her in like a staff meeting. And then the, you know, the senior pastor was like, Hey, you have the day off, go and do this as an awesome birthday gift. But what she didn't know was that I had flown up too. Um, and while she was off doing the spa day, I was getting the proposal ready. And so I had gone down to, what's it called? Savin Rock? Mm -hmm. Savin Rock in Connecticut on like the coast. And it was like this rock overlook point of like the ocean. Mm -hmm. And like, I was there waiting for a ring for, to give her the ring. And after they got their spa day done, like her friend dragged her to the spot. And Caroline's like, why are we, why are you taking me here? Like, um, and she's like trying to like FaceTime me to call me and whatnot. And she's like, or she was on a FaceTime call with a friend yeah. and her, you know, and hey, you know, just like, get off the phone, get off the phone. And, and then she like sees me pop out from the rocks and I propose and whatnot. So I set myself for failure. The very first birthday gift I got her was an engagement ring. Yeah. So, and it's, it yeah, I went, I went big <laughs> and it went bigger, go home. So yeah. at least I'll always have that memory. I'll always remember the very first birthday gift. So a little bit better than a poop pillow, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> our kind of like our next big topic um, to tackle is like we got so many questions around expectations around finances, around how do you have conversation around finances. So I didn't write a specific question down because we had like seven um, around finances. So it's such a big thing in a marriage because um, you're combining each other's lives and combining finances is so deeply personal. So, um, yeah, I guess you guys started off last time. We'll start off this time. I mean, finances has been interesting for us because when we started marriage, we were both contributing equally. Um, and then now this year, the Lord called us to radical church. So we, you know, I quit my job. We came down and kind of a more like stay at home mom, whatever radical church needs. And he's the breadwinner, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, like having conversations around that has been has had to shift. And I think that's what we are learning. Obviously we're only three years in, but we're learning throughout marriage. That, like finance conversations, isn't just like a one formula fits all situation. It's like it ebbs and flows. And I know for me personally, I felt so confident at the beginning to have finance conversations. Cause it was like, I'm contributing. We're the same. We're equal. It's there's no one that's like, um, like, I guess in my mind, like winning <laughs> and that, you know, there's like, oh, we're the same. We're both here to coming back. It was such a shift when we moved here for me specifically to go, oh, he's making all the money. So I don't get to make any choices, which isn't true. And Stephen definitely had to walk me through that a lot. I think so just, you know, going into it a little bit more so one of my like shortcomings is like control is like, I want to like, you know, it's been my biggest pitfall just in marriage in general, just like always wanting to control things. I want to control as much as I can. Even just like, that's why the mental health thing was so hard for me because I couldn't control it. Like, this isn't something I do with like A plus B equals C. So I got to do this and this is what we got to do. And so with finances though, it was a little bit more into that where I could see 
okay, this is the input. Here's our output. Okay, I'm going to fully control this, like trying to set budgets. Okay, babe, you can spend this amount of money. We can do this amount of money. And it got to a point where we had like this big old fight about it because like she didn't know any of the financial information. She was like, you know, not to go morbid, but like if I had gotten some sort of accident or something happened to me, like she couldn't get into bank records. She couldn't get into life insurance policy. She didn't know like, you know, I just, I had kept such a tight control on the finances that like I'd completely just like pushed her out of the decision-making, like how are we going to approach these things? And again, it wasn't even something that I was intentionally doing. It was just something, oh, okay. It, it went beyond of, you know, even a marriage, like each person has their own gifts and you want to support each other's strengths and whatnot and kind of give that ebb and flow with that. But it had just gone a little bit farther. It wasn't just no longer, okay, you have a strength in this, so you're going to take the lead in it. It was, I had gone to like, I have full control over this. You're not a part of it. This is mine, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we had to have a big conversation just like, okay. And we had to sit down like, okay, here's the pin to this. Here's the password to this. Like, here's how we go into this. Like, you know, here's what we're spending. And so like, actually like, okay, we're as, and that gave me just anxiety of just like, just letting her into that too, just because it was such a area where I felt I had control and I wanted to keep that control. But like, at the same time, I was just like leaving her completely out and just like pushing her out. And so that was just a little bit of contention that we just had to grow and walk in that of how we let each other into the decision-making for that. Yeah. I think we had, what we had to realize is that like finance conversations are never really just finance conversations. And like, it's his flaws, my flaws. We're both coming. And a lot of times, I don't know if this is your experience, just like any argument that you have as a spouse, spouses or in any relationship, the argument isn't necessarily about the argument. It's about how you're feeling. It's about, you know, a lot of, it was very fueled. He was feeling like he needed to control. I was feeling like, oh, I'm, I made this massive adjustment. I no longer have income. I'm a stay at home mom mainly. Like, so you're coming with a fueled conversation. And I think as we worked it out this year and like had to hammer it out, it made us realize like, you always have to come back that it's you're in this together. There's no one person. That's the key. Yeah. There's no one winner. There's no one person that's like gets to control or cause that's not how relationships work where we said we, and we meant we, and that doesn't matter who's making the money or who's paying the bills. We're a we. And that was like our most important lesson. Yeah. What about you guys? That's good. Well, I, I think, um, what I heard from that is when you said that y'all had conversation, you came back together. And I think that's really the key. There's there's many topics in any relationship that you have, but especially in a marriage um, that are going to be harder um, to, 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 yeah. to communicate about. And one of those is finances. Um, you know, I think for us, for being married for 26 years, we've experienced every level to where like we're living paycheck to paycheck, uh, um, where one of us is working, one of us is not, or like for a short time when I made more than he did, you know, it was never a matter of you're the breadwinner. Um, like you said, we're in this together. This is a joint union. And so that means our finances too. But I think the key is just communication. Um, and being honest with one another and saying what you would like to be a part of um, and what you're okay with. Hey, this is your strength in this. Um, For us, we learn very quickly on, uh, I'm meticulous and a perfectionist, and I still use check registers. Like uh, many people are online still, but I'm, I'm manual labor all the way. And when he was 
we were going to do bills together, and um, he was rounding um, the numbers, and I have to be to the penny. So we learned very quickly who was going to handle the monthly, you know, <laughs> statements. But we're still very, you know, we communicate. This is where we are. This is the numbers. Yeah. And I think just even just from our just from mental health to finances, I think just going to marriage. I, People should realize, because um, we had to realize it, is there's nothing, there's no taboo like thing you can't, you shouldn't be talking about or can't talk about because it might feel awkward or whatnot. Like even just when we got married, we both brought debts into our marriage. And like when we were dating, we kept them secret. Like it was like we didn't want to, like it was like a taboo thing. We didn't want to like talk about that. But also when you're getting married, like you have to talk about some of the hard things. Like, and we just had to learn like there's nothing taboo to talk about between like a husband and wife and in those relationships is you have to talk about the hard stuff and like with mental health or just like finances and you have to be a we. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to that point, if you don't talk about um, those things together, you're actually going to probably grow more apart. And the more you do talk about it, tough issues, whether it's finances or other things, you're actually going to grow closer together, um, which is pretty interesting. And, and out there for finances, um, one of the things I think of is I know friends that have two separate accounts. You know, he has his money in his bank account. She has her money in their bank account, and they agree on what they're going to pay on so that they don't worry about each other's debt. Um, we don't do that. Um, we actually just combine our money. Um, Everybody does it differently. Yeah. So this may be a good time to plug Financial Peace University. Yeah, so one of our RAD groups is Financial Peace University. It's going to get started here in March. Um, first week of March, I think. And uh, it's a great thing. So um, what's the guy's name? Dave Ramsey. There you go. We've actually been through Dave Ramsey's um, <laughs> thing. So whenever you're young, what do you do? You get a lot of debt. Why? Because you're good at spending and <laughs> they don't pay you as much. So um, Dave Ramsey's a great way to look at finances, look at debt and look at where you want to go and how are you going to get there. Um, even if you, but also, even if you've been through the Dave Ramsey financial program, um, there's, it's been revamped. So you're always, even at marriage and even as individuals, you're always a work in progress. hundred percent. So, I mean, so I recommend even for couples that have been through finances or even if your finances are in a good place, you there's always a wealth of knowledge to learn. Yep. Exactly. And I, I had something else I was going to say, and let's we'll see if it comes back. Okay. We also went through Dave Ramsey, our second year of marriage, uh, and that is where we got a lot of our helpful tips on how um, he calls them, I think, like marriage budget meetings or something like that. Monthly and meetings. Yeah. And like he basically says, like, you have to communicate or this yeah. doesn't work. We also have a joint account. I don't know what we would do with a separate account. Because I, it would be like another thing for us to remember that we would forget. Well, me, he's very much better at that. But yeah, I would say if you're newly married, you've been married for a while, um, we recommend it. And I would like to pay back again. I like Michelle and I were talking a little bit before, and she said a communication is key. Honestly, in all of your relationships, if you can just talk, even when it's difficult, because everything inside of you says, don't talk about this. It's too vulnerable. It's too hard. When you talk about it, it does bring you closer. And ultimately it opens up so much more potential in your marriage and your friendships and your family. Um, it really just, it never closes things. It always opens things. Um, and so fight against that feeling of hiding and yeah. open up. 
Yeah. I'll jump in one last thing because I remember what I was going to say. I'm going to throw a plug in there for God um, (laughs) just because we are here, right? Um, Just because he does, you know, he does challenge us to give, right? Give back to him and give a tenth. And if you do, he is, you know, going to be going to have blessings there for you. You know, whether that blessing actually looks like return in finances or something else, um, you know, everybody can have their own opinion on that. But um, I would challenge everybody, um, whether it's just um, a dollar off of what they have to, to give back to God, um, that the more you give to him, um, I really believe and personally, um, I'm not going to say this is, is a fact for everybody, that he will continue to pour out blessings um, on you and give you more. And the more he gives you, the more you're actually able to pour out yeah, um, yeah. onto others. So that's a challenge. Amen. <laughs> We're going to do our last funny antidote. Um, who decides your dinner plans? <laughs> or how long? Does or it how long does it take to decide your dinner plans? Yeah. That's just well, I'll start just because it doesn't take us long because we usually now um, just make food and go go get you know whatever you want and I'm going to get whatever I want. So um, we mostly cook at home. But you know when we are going out or when we would go, what do you want to pick up? What do you want to pick up? I know that's kind of what y'all are talking about. Uh, it it usually takes a while because like I don't care, neither do I. Well, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? It's kind of like well, give me two t- give me two things you want. Okay, here's your two things. Okay, I'll pick one. Nope, that's not what I want. Let's go to the other one. Mm-hmm. So it's that kind of conversation. So sometimes if you're going out to eat, it takes five minutes to 30 minutes to an hour sometimes. Who knows? Mm-hmm. What about you? No, I just want to say, I think the key again is communication. <laughs> it comes back to communication again because I started thinking like, why am I afraid to give a wrong answer? There's no wrong answer. Right. You know, if you point out a restaurant you want to go to and then he's like, I don't like that. Am I really going to find that offensive? Yeah. Um, like there's, there's no wrong answer and it's just communication. I'm really hungry for this tonight and we can agree on that or we can agree to disagree. So for us, I think it depends on if I'm pregnant or not. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> different, different people during this. When I'm not pregnant, I could never decide if I am pregnant. There's usually something very specific I want right now and I must have it. Usually it's just like, usually it's just peanut butter jelly sandwiches. So I get lucky on that. Or like chicken nuggets or pizza. It's never anything good. Or ice cream. It's never anything good. Well, our last topic is really just love and the Lord. Um, I know we talked about relationships and I love relationships, but I think Michelle and Jeff would agree. Same as me. Like really the foundation is the Lord. Healthy marriages, healthy friendships, Healthy family dynamic is all about putting the Lord as the center, making sure your your um, relationship with the Lord is strong. If you're not healthy, if you're not communicating with the Lord, if He's you're not letting Him communicate with you, you can try all the communication, you can try all of the effort, and you will always come up short because the Lord is really what makes our marriage a well-oiled machine is what makes our parenting a well-oiled machine. It what makes our friendships good is really us being right with the Lord. And I know you have so many things to bring, Michelle. Oh, well, <laughs> I just, you know, especially with it being Valentine's Day, um, I think as individuals, like we are all on the equal playing field when it comes to John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. So he didn't pick select people um, to love. He loves us all. And I think there's, I think 
you know, it wasn't until like later in my life that um, I didn't realize I had an unhealthy definition of what love really was. Um, I also don't think people recognize how much, like this is the whole Valentine's thing I was trying to get to, and the fact that how much the father loves you, how much he would love to be pursued. As much as we pursue wanting an earthly relationship, if we would put our efforts um, into pursuing the Father, the reward and the richness that we would reap from that. Um, because I, I think for a lot of people, well, uh, me included, for years, I put on Jeff to fulfill something, um, to be something that he never was going to be able to uh, fulfill because I was trying to give him a role that only... God the Father um, was supposed to fill. Um, And I think that's why in relationships, no matter if it's with a family member or with a friendship or in a marriage, it's so vitally important that we as individuals, um, A, recognize how much the Father loves us. And if we would live our lives through that filter, it will impact the way that we interact and have relationships with others. Yeah, I'll share a story if that's okay. Um, for me, I really, whenever I was young, um, look, I always started looking for love as a teenager, as a young adult, in in a relationship in the world, right? And chasing after love with somebody. Who who can I love? Who's going to love me? It's right, really, I, I want to experience that. And... Um, I got into a, a long-term relationship that um, I chased and kind of let God go in the background because I thought, okay, this is what love is supposed to be, being in a relationship. And um, that didn't last. And I don't think any relationship really can last very well without God and without God being in it. And the reason I found out I was looking for love in the world was I didn't know a father's love very well. Um, and, you know, I mentioned my father earth earlier, but once that relationship in, ended, I turned to God and I just started crying out for him. And just like a prodigal son, he's just there with open arms saying, come, you know, come, I'm, I, I'm your, you're mine and I love you so much and I'll never stop loving you and I'll never let go of you. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, um, crying out to him and running back to God and him pouring out that love as a father that I never experienced before, then filled me up to where... I no longer needed to search for love or significance in the world. I didn't need to search for that in somebody else, in another mate. I didn't need to search for that in um, accolade, you know, accolades or something. Um, I was just now able to, now that he's filled me with that love, like Michelle was saying, um, I'm able to just love others and, and love Michelle. And uh, I wasn't even looking for a relationship with her with her whenever I met her. Yeah. And it's kind of like guys like... like Bonus. Yeah, it's like an added. It's a, once you have that, once you know that from God, once you know the Father and His love for you, that's that is an added bonus. And you know, it's, I just she just walked along, and God's like, "That's the one. That's the one." So, well, okay. And I just I, two verses that I really want um, our people to know is that Ephesians three eighteen um, that you may have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long. How high and how deep his love is for you. 
And um, Psalms 36, 5 through 7. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains. Your justice like the ocean's deep. You care for people and animals alike, O Lord. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. If we could just recognize how much the Father loves us, um, it, it changes everything. It really changes the way that we then can show love to others. Amen. (laughs) I want to close out with, if you've never experienced this love before from Heavenly Father, He really wants to know you today. Um, As Michelle read those gifts, she teared up because His love is life-changing. And ultimately, yes, we have a beautiful day, Valentine's Day of showing love, but ultimately He laid His life down for you. Um, and becoming a mom has opened my eyes up in a whole new way of, I don't know if I could ever let my son die so that others could live. And he, that is what he did. He chose to give his only son so that you could know how deeply loved you are. And so this morning, I want to give an invitation that if you've never experience that love and you want to experience that love today, I'd love to say a prayer with you that would let him come and be in a beautiful relationship with you, that would let him come and heal wounds that maybe need to be healed, that would come into your marriage, into your parenting, into your singleness, and transform your life because that is what he does. He transforms and he changes. So if you want to come and meet with him for the very first time in experiencing life-changing love, please, please say this prayer with me in your home in your hearts, with your family, um, with your dog, with your cat. Um, Say this prayer. It will change your life. So we'll just join together and pray. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful talk on relationships. Thank you so much that you love us more than we could ever comprehend or imagine. We don't know the level of love that you want to give to us, but we ask that you would give us a glimpse today. Everyone who hasn't known your love and wants to invite you into relationship, we ask today that they would say this prayer and be compelled. We just thank you that you love us deeply. We ask you into our lives to change and transform us. We're sorry that we've lived our lives solely for us, but we want to live our lives for you. Papa, come into our hearts. Jesus, transform our lives and heal us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am so excited if you would join me in that prayer. If you did, could you put like a hands up in the comments? We want to see that you've said yes. Because scripture talks about when you say yes, how all of heaven celebrates with you because it's a most incredible decision and we want to celebrate with you. So please put hands up in the comments. It's an amazing thing that on Valentine's Day, you found the most incredible love. Thank you, Michelle and Jeff. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. We loved doing this together. We hope that you loved doing this with us. We hope you got something from it, whether you're a single or married or engaged. We hope you got something from it. Don't forget to post a picture of you and your significant other so we can give away um, that $50 gift card. Have an amazing Valentine's Day. Know that you are loved. See you later, Radical Church.